Let's just get started. That gives me an extra minute. No problem. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And before I, I share the scripture, I'm going to just read a couple of verses. Uh, I'm not going to get into the nine gifts that we all like to get into. I, I might refer to them for an example. Tomorrow, uh, Pastor Nacho and myself will hopefully get into them and dissect them a little bit more. But before I read uh, my text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, how many know that the first gift that we receive is the most important gift of all? And that's the gift of salvation. You see, that gift of salvation is what changes and transpires a life. It will change you from night to day, from darkness to light, from being bound to being free. See, and the dynamics of God are so powerful. We limit God. Uh, think about that for a moment. The first gift, the most important gift is the gift of salvation. Now, you've got to understand, with that gift, it inspires and ignites all the other gifts. You get it. All the other gifts are inspired and ignited by the gift of salvation. Uh, matter of fact, Peter said it's a gift that's unspeakable. Do you remember that when you guys say you shared the gospel with people and they, they, they couldn't understand it? it? It was so much in you, you didn't know how to even release it at times because it was just an excitement in you. But that gift of salvation, if you think about it, is the most important part because it ignites every other gift that we have. As a matter of fact, the second gift that I want to tell you right now that's important to us is what you got in your hands. The Word of God. It's a gift that God gives us. Someone said there's about 28 gifts in the Bible, but I'm going to tell you, there's a lot more gifts that we even know about because the giver lives within us. You see, you have to understand that. That God keeps on giving gifts, and matter of fact, in small things, big things, it doesn't matter, but God's a big God. But in order for you and I to be effective and make impact in the gifts that God gives us, we have to have a positive attitude and a serving heart. That'll make impact in your gift. But you see, if you got gifts and you're arrogant and you got gifts and you're carnal, you know, they're not going to make that impact that they're supposed to make. So we have a responsibility before God to be that testimony. In every aspect of our walk with God. But let me give you a couple of scriptures real quickly just to give you an idea of foundation concerning the, the leadership giftings. First uh, Timothy 4.14 speaks about don't neglect your gift. I know it's talking about Paul to Timothy, your gift that you're calling. But it also means any type of gift that we have. We can ignore our gift thinking it's not important. Can I say to you that any gift in the kingdom of God is most important. It's important, it's just as a gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom. Because you see, what's important is that you're obedient to your gift. Man, it's important. I mean, you know, it even gives you a reference here in the same chapter concerning the body. The body, there's many members, but there's only one body. And how many of you know your little toe, your finger, everything's important to you? So are the gifts. There's no gift bigger than others because to God they're important. Do you know why he does that? He wants to see if we're obedient. He wants to see if you're going to be obedient to that small little gift. Well, no one even notices me, what I do over here. But God says, I do. I do. See? And, I, and I'm, I'm excited because whatever I do, I say, Lord, help me to do what you call me to do. It doesn't matter how big, how small, but I want to do to please you. And when you're all alone, it's the most important time. I've been alone with God where he's made a greater impact on my life when I'm all alone, at home or in the church. That's what you have to understand. Why? Because you're trying to please God. Then also in Romans uh, 11, it says, For the gifts of calling of God are without repentance. Now, in other words, they're irrevocable. 
Uh, God doesn't change. Have you ever noticed when a backslider comes back, first thing they do is start speaking in tongues? It's because that gift was there, but they, they lose it when they go back into sin. And when they go back, I'm sure they're going to use the gift of tongues when they're back in sin. Now they get their heart right, man, they're back in, in, the, in the speaking in tongues again simply because it was there. It's always been there. God, as a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about how a backslider, you know, God loves a backslider. But if they live in that state, they're not, they're not going to make it to heaven. They're going to lose God. The gifts that we had are going to be erased. Why? Do they have to be brought back into the kingdom of God. And then Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man gifts makes room for him. Let me tell you, one of the gifts that people don't realize that I think is a gift. I know people, man, they can clean the house of God and they have the gift of keeping it clean and shiny. And that, that gift can give them room to another gift. In other words, all of a sudden somebody may come, I like the way you do this. I'll make you the head usher in the school district. Come on, join me. It makes room for them. Your gift, that's a small gift, but the gifts get bigger and bigger and bigger as you go on. So I'm laying a foundation, okay? So, but the ability to use our hands to further the kingdom, we're going to need to be artistic and we need to be creative. Got to be artistic and creative. You know, that's one thing that we all need to be. And I, I don't know about you, but I know people that are so gifted with their hands, I'm telling you, they can make anything do anything. They might not be able to read, but my God, they can, they can do, do this and do that. And my, they're great at what they do. I can't even come close. To some of the things they do. I know folks, they can, they're, they're artistic. They can draw. They can draw you. A, paint, a picture of you almost looks just like you. And in fact, I got a brother that can do that. I said, my God, where do you get this talent? Where do you get this gift? See, we're gifted, church. You have gifts. And can I tell you something? Every one of you have gifts. Yes, you do. You might not think so. But every one of us here have gifts. And I'm going to bring that out in a few minutes. But anyway... Let me uh, begin with verse 1 of chapter 12 in the book of Corinthians, and it reads like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, my brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now it's important right there that God wants you and I not to be ignorant of all the gifts that he has. I know we always focus on verse 8, you know, the gift of wisdom and knowledge and the gift of prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues, and all those are important. They're dynamics. They come from the throne of God. They're divine. And they're kind of even separate a little bit from these gifts that I'm going to bring out. But can I tell you something? They're all just as important. They're all just as important. And just because you do have a gift of, of tongues and prophecy, it doesn't make you spiritual. It just makes you more accountable. That's what it does. So remember that it's important you understand that. Then in verse, jump with me to verse 4, and notice what it says here. Now, there are diversities of gifts. That's important to understand that. In other words, there's different types of gifts. And if the giver of gifts lives without us, in us, think about what could happen. There, there's an explosion that's ready to erupt in us, a volcano to burn through and give us revival, a move of God where God can move in the gifts in every aspect, small, large, big. It doesn't matter how big, but that God can explosively move in the house of God. And I don't know about you, how many want revival? You know, I think it was Leonard Reverend Hill that said, do you, know, do you know why people don't have revival? Because they're willing to live without it. We have settled. We have settled. And if we're not careful, we'll settle in religion. Where the gifts are not operating nowhere. Sometimes it seems like we only have one gift, tongues and interpretation. But God has a lot more gifts in the house of God. A lot more gifts. And we need to allow them to, to go to work. 
And I know it's scary at times because you got to put your hand on them. And you, you, certain things you got to stop. But you see, there's trial and error. you got to believe God to help you in these gifts. Like right now in our church, the gifts are beginning to move. I said, okay, Lord, help me. Because, you see, as pastors, we want to make sure that we don't allow them to get too big or bigger than us. Hello. Then it goes on to say in verse... Four, or five rather. Jump with me to five. Well, no, let me finish verse four. But the same spirit, I like that. God lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. So it's a Holy Spirit that, that lives. Many gifts, diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Remember that. Yes, it's the same spirit. And, and that's what we have to understand, that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do and what not to do and how to give it and not to give it. And we have to be sensitive to that. Okay. Then we have... Um, Verse 5, it says, and there are differences of administrations. Wow. Now, this means, you know, ministries, office, there are different administrations. Like even like in our school, we have a secretary. The man, they're gifted in what they do. I can't do that type of all these, uh, uh, you know, make their uh, calendars, make everything they do. I said, man, that takes time. It takes effort. And believe it or not, they're gifted in administrations. They're gifted in office work, secretary work. All those things are administrations, and that's why where it says there, and the difference of difference differences, plural, administrations, different ministries, different ministries. And that's why it's important. I always say, God, give me a gift in everything you put me into because at least uh, I don't want to pretend I know what I'm doing. God, show me how to do it. I want to know how to do it. Then in verse 6, and then we'll, we'll take off from there. And there are diversities. Notice these words. Diversities, difference. And there are diversities of operations. Again, now, there's different ways the gifts begin to operate. Do you know, for example, the gift, uh, like I said, I'm referring to the nine gifts. The gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge, they operate together many times. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see, and that's why it's beautiful the way God breaks this down. It's really not confusing. When you got the, the, the giver of gifts living within you, the gift of God, the gift of salvation, everything is ignited. Man, God wants to use you, uh, you know, in different ways. Like I have, the, I, I have wisdom. I, I just might not have the gift of wisdom. See? <laughs> I have knowledge, but I might not have the gift of knowledge. See, there's a difference. And because we have God in us, we have a whole lot. But you see, the Holy Spirit only going to give those gifts as he wills. So it says in uh, verse 11. He'll give those according to what he wills. So let's look at a couple, of, a couple of things here that hopefully will help us. And here's the first one, and it's called helps. Now, think about that. Every one of us here have that gift. Yes, sir. Someone's lifting up something over there, and, and you're looking at them. Instead of going, oh, do you need any help? You know, they're over here struggling, or someone needs a, a help and, to go somewhere or do something. To, do you go and help? All of us have the, 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 the gift of helps. And then if you read uh, verse 28 of, of the same chapter, uh, you'll find out that it's, you know where it's tied into? The gift of miracles, the gift of healing, and then it goes, and the gift of helps. Yeah, read it. It's in verse 28. Let me, as a matter of fact, let me read it to you real quickly. It says, and God has set some in the church, apostles, prophets, uh, miracles, teachers, healings, and then he goes, and helps. So helps is important. It's in the same sentence. The same verse. 
But we minimize. We minimize the gifts of God and we maximize the gifts of God. And that's where we make our mistakes. And we all want this and we all don't want this. You ever realize that everybody else wants somebody else's gift? You have a, a song leader, a guitar player like last night, man. Woof, it was powerful. Wasn't it good? Man, I, got, I, I, was, I had to contain myself. And I wasn't a dancer in the world, you know, but, you know, hey, I had to contain. I think I'm a bigger dancer in the kingdom. I had to contain myself because, man, I, the guitar, the everything, everything was great. But they're gifted. They're, you know, there's talents and then there are gifts. But sometimes because they work their talents so good, God gifts them. And now, boom, they go to another level. Now they're under the unction. They're under the anointing. Man, and that's what we all want to do. You want to have the anointing no matter what gift you have. Huh? That's right. There's a flow, there's a positive attitude, there's a good spirit. Man, you're cleaning. I go into the church and there they are cleaning, man. And they have a big old smile. We just had a revival and one of the pastors said, man, this is fun. They're taking out churches, uh, chairs, I mean, making new roles. Folks were coming out. Then they would put them away and bring them back out the next day. And he had a big old smile. This is fun. I go, you know what? That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not just a labor of burden. You know, that's the way I, I, I remember myself cleaning the whole church by myself, singing what a mighty God we serve. While everybody was outreach in San Diego with a, with a nice weather and I'm over here cleaning. But God was with me. Probably more than with them. Because I had a positive attitude. I was excited. I was cleaning the lamps, cleaning everything, dusting. That wasn't, I was supposed to just sweep and clean. But anyway, the blessings follow as you use your gifts to the Lord you know what happened? His daughter, uh, she's probably seven, eight. She asked, Dad, can I go to the front? Sure. She went up there and started worshiping God, man. And then the next day, she didn't ask her dad. She went up by herself. So what's my point? See, when you do things for God with a good spirit and a good heart, God begins to move on your behalf. And you say, look at because of your heart and your obedience, I'm going to bless you. The opposite is true, too. When you and I get hard and indifferent and we don't do what we're supposed to do with a good heart, then things take a long time. A long time. I don't know about you, but we don't have a long time. And think about helps. In the book of Acts, we, have, we all familiar with the story where the first deacons were chosen. Remember, honest report, men of faith, they were to serve the widows. Well, think about that for a moment. They were willing to help. That's where the first deacons or the first churches came to existence. It all starts by helping, helping. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll pick them up. I'll go. Helps. Very, very important. Okay, the next one. I have to move a little quicker here. The next one is uh, found in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, and it speaks about hospitality. Have you ever realized that people in your church, they have that gift? They open their doors. And some of us have a sign. Forget, beware of the dog, beware of the gun. I had a neighbor like that, and, and, this, and he had two huge, big dogs, right? And they were mean. I mean, you can could, you could sense them. And, but he had a sign. Hey, don't worry about the dogs. You better worry about the gun. See, how many of you know that you're not going to want to go there? But there's folks that have the gift of hospitality. They have people over their house. I mean, they feed them. They cook for them. They don't even want you to go home. Where most of us said, okay, it's that time. It's that time. It's that time. It's that time. Give them the, the lights off and on. 
I tell the ushers, give them a little time to fellowship. You just give them a little bit, but then afterwards, you got to go home too. Face those lights. Signal. That's in the church. But can I tell you that even the gift of hospitality is important to our churches? Do you know our people in our churches, they can recognize, they know when they're welcomed. They know. They can, just by seeing you, how you approach them. See, our church needs to have the gift of hospitality where they, the love of God begins to just breathe upon visitors and they can sense it. And I know some people come to our churches and they over-exaggerate. I know one came in, man, I can feel God's love in the house of God. Matter of fact, I got next to the wall and I felt love in the wall. I said, oh, you're, now you're going too far now. <laughs> They're going too far. I go, okay, I just, I just walked away. But it needs to have that, the gift of hospitality is not only in our homes, or, but in our churches. We need to have that, that atmosphere set there, a welcoming a atmosphere where, man, I feel welcomed here. I feel welcome. And it says in Romans 12, 13, distributing the necessities of the saints given to hospitality. Wow. Think about it. Are you hospital or do you have that gift? I think we're, we're all hospital. I am. But I ain't going to say I got the gift. Because that gift is special, man, because there's folks, they'll clean, they'll cook, they'll do everything for you. And, they, and they'll do it with a smile. Some of us will do it, but, but we're barking inside. You know what I'm saying? So we have to say, God, help us. Help me, Lord. Okay, here's one. Uh, the next one is prayer. You know, when you think about prayer, God, don't we all come short? Now, prayer is a gift because remember in the book of Acts, chapter 2, after the Pentecost came in, in verse 38 speaks about how this gift is for all generations. So the gift of speaking in tongues is for everybody. Not somebody, it's for everybody. Now the gift of interpretation is not for everybody. But the gift of tongues with your heavenly language, you connect with God. And prayer is for all of us. Every one of us. And it's a gift that God gave you to use. Not to, not to just sort of die out there and, 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 and then just go to sleep on you. But this is a, a gift that he gave you and I through the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. It says there in verse 37 and 38, uh, an intercessional where you can get down and just speak in the Spirit. You know, people say, well, I don't know what to pray for. Just speak in the Spirit. <laughs> pray in the Spirit. That's all. Don't stop. And then thoughts come into your mind. And then you're understanding. There's times I'll pray in the Spirit, and, and, but I'll ask God to answer me in my mind. Why? The devil can't intercept that. For example... I'm praying in the spirit. Hey, God, don't forget, Lord. And in my mind, I'm thinking is I'm praying in the spirit. I need you to help me here. Help me there, God. Move by your power. Bring deliverance here. Help here. So you're moving and God's hearing that cry. And the devil can't intercept that. It's a language that goes to, to heaven between you and God. It's a prayer language that you and I got to exercise and use more now than ever. Because not only that, but what it does, it builds you up. It gives you spiritual muscles. Praying in the Holy Ghost, it says there. Building up. Holy faith. So it's a gift. And I really feel that's where we all come short. We come short bad. You know, even in our churches. You know, I don't know anybody that has a gift of prophet, uh, praying. Do you? I don't know any church that has a gift of praying. None. I don't know any. Do you? Just because we pray and we shando once in a while, how many know it can become mechanical? It, it, it we can, be, we can be religious, believe it or not. We can. Oh, but when you begin to start praying in the Holy Ghost, 
and let the dominion of God fall upon you, falls on others, and then all of a sudden there's a little riot going on, and people are crying out and saying, God, you're going to do something. God, you're going to move because the prayer is beginning to be activated. I mean, there's little seasons we have it going. Then why is it, why is it that we leave it? Prayer is what moves the hand of God. Prayer is what moves the hand of God. So we all pray. I, they know down in my mind, our, our fellowship is a praying fellowship. I'm a praying man, but I don't think I got the gift of praying. Our church is a good praying church, but it's not the gift of praying. Because there's a lot more to that. There's a lot more to that. It's like, you know, the book of Acts, that was... The, the, the gift of praying. It was a gift of praying in, in individuals and the gift of praying in the congregation. Think about this. They were having a prayer meeting and Peter was going to lose his head. They opened up a door and there he goes. That's a praying church. That's why they see miracles. That's why they see these things. A lot of times we, we, we have settled. We have settled. We're not allowing our gifts to operate like they're supposed to operate. We have settled. And prayer, nothing moves the hand of God more powerful than prayer. I remember going to my mom's house, coming to a conference, and I stopped there. One of my brothers was acting up. I had to kind of talk to him, you know. And uh, sure enough, I went back to church. I came to prayer, and I was praying here in the conference. This is many years ago. And I was praying, God, you got to get hold of my brother, God. He's a mess. And when I get up, who's walking down the aisle? My brother. I just left him. He's here. I pray. That's what you call answer to prayer. Have you ever had instant prayer answered? I've had a lot of them. Not enough, but I had a lot of them. Where all of it, boom, before you're even done, it's accomplished. God, I'm with you. Some of you are looking at me like, where are you coming from? No, it does work. It does work. Prayer does work. But it has to be divine prayer, Holy Ghost prayer. Uh, you know, I, I, I ministered not too long ago, and we have prayer every Friday. And I, the, the seven laws of uh, answered prayer, and one of them was a pure heart. You know, there's a lot of people that pray, but they don't got a clean heart or a pure heart. Nothing's going to happen if you're bitter, if you're indifferent. If you're, it's just not going to happen. <clears throat> I don't want to preach here. I'm supposed to be teaching, okay? So help me out. So prayer. So, but listen to this. Don't confuse your prayer to God to obedience to God. Because there's people that can pray and pray and pray, okay. And they come back and the last thing they are is obedient to the kingdom of God. So even us, you know, we can get a hold of God and pray and feel good. And, and then God's going to challenge you to do something. You don't want to do it. Your obedience to God is what's important. But I'm going to tell you, righteous prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that prayer will get you to do things you don't want to do. And then later enjoy them. That's prayer. That is prayer. See, there's no easy way. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. None. But you got to pray. Okay, the next one, evangelism. Now, we know Ephesians 4.11 speaks about the fivefold ministries of the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the pastor, the evangelist. Now, those are callings, okay? They're callings from God. But out of those fivefold, man, there's a lot of giftings that go out of there. Do you see that? Man, giftings galore. The prophets, the apostles, the teachers, the preachers, the evangelists. And also this evangelist can be tied into a, a gifted evangelist that will come and give you a five-day revival. And hopefully it extended to, for a, a month or two revival where God's moving in a powerful way. The gifts are under operation. Usually a good evangelist will have a form of gifts. And there God moves. 
But also evangelism is a, that's the thing that we need to really find. Last night's message was really good. Find people in our church that are gifted to evangelize the streets. Because there are people that got gifts. Again, that wasn't me. Even though when I went to go pioneer, I had no choice. I would go to a park, and, you know, and I'd go over there and minister to them. I didn't, and I would just share my story. Hey, God, you know, these guys were all beat up, black guys, and hung over. And I'm over here preaching to them, right? They asked me, where are you from? I, I, I got a little scared to tell them where I was from. I'm from down south. But I told them, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go all the way in, man. So the good thing about it is that you see is that God always sees to make a way for you and I as you begin to evangelize. But I didn't have the gift. Because I know people that got gifts of evangelism. They got that gift, man. They can go out there and, man, they minister. They have that grace in them. They can lead. They can witness. They can share their testimony. They can share. You can just see the, the, the flow of that gift in that person. Beautiful gifts. And that's what you need to orchestrate. Get the gifts of the church and put them in the right places and watch our church ignite. It'll ignite. And the most important thing, like right now in our church, there's a, the, what I'm excited about, your souls are getting saved, yes, but the church is getting saved. You'll never have revival until the church gets saved. What do you mean by that? Well, Charles Finley said, you want revival? First revive the ones you got. And that man understood revival. He had a move of God. It's unspeakable. But he said, you got to revive what you got. That's a gift of evangelism. And as a pastor, we got to find those gifts. All these gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 says, but, if, but every one of us is given grace. Notice that. Have you noticed that God gives us a lot of grace for everything? Have you noticed that? He goes, he's even given every one of us a measure of grace. Not only a measure of faith, but a measure of grace. Matter of fact, in John it says, he gives us grace upon grace. In other words, if the first grace was going to fail, he had us covered with another grace. But the first one ain't going to fail. God's got us covered by his grace, by his love, by his mercy. Then it goes on to say, according to the measure that the gift of Christ. God gave you that measure of grace to be able to exercise the gift that Christ gave us. Man, I don't know if that excites you, but I need all the grace I can get. Especially in the area, amen, of gift and giftings. Because there's sometimes you know that God wants to use you and you say, my God, you're going to have to help me here. I know for a fact in my life, I have to look back where God's given me a word for somebody, a word of knowledge, and I didn't do it. And I said, God, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. You know, it's almost like, you, you know, it's God. But sometimes that fear factor kicks in. But if you don't do it, who is? You have to step out. Then let me move on. The next one is music. Again, last night is an illustration of how people are gifted in their music. They're relaxed, but they're excited. I, I got moved by the way they moved. You know, they have that movement, man. Oh, I love that. And I just couldn't do that. I remember my brother, they were good musicians. They, they made an album and a record and all that. And I played with them. And uh, they had to draft me one time, right? And I feel bad because it's true. He says that they had to draft me because the piano player uh, got sick or something came up. So I had to learn 20 songs in about uh, a day and a half or two days, right? I said, okay. I went up there. Well, here's me. And they're, here they're them. You know? They're, I mean, they're getting down, man. The bass player, man, the guitar player, and I'm over here. 
I mean, I killed it, man. I, I wonder why they never had me back. You got to give me a chance. Not now. Now I, now I know how to get down, you know. You know, I might not have the movement like these guys, but you know, I got a little bit. But I was stiff. You know, but that's because you know, I didn't have that gift to, 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 to let it go. They did. They, they had that gift. They, were, they used to love what they, You got to love what you do. You know, you have to love what you do. How many know you're doing it for God, right? Put your love into what you're doing. Put God, let me, let me do this with love. Even as pastors, listen, we, we've, we have been gifted to, to herald the word of God. Man, enjoy it. Yeah, it's tough at times, but enjoy it. But again, music, you find in 1 Chronicles 15, you find the story of the singers and musicians. They were appointed by King David to praise God right before the ark. You know, and you got to remember the ark always represented the presence of God. And, and so they, they got down. They say there was three choirs there. And one of them was led by the Levites, the holy priests. And they were getting down. They were, can you imagine worshiping God at the ark and the presence of God was there? And then the second choir they had there was made of maiden singers. The third was third choir was made up of men singers. Can you picture the harmony in that place? The music, the harmony, worshiping the God, you know, the most high God in the ark right there. They were there just loving God. See, that's what we do when we have service. Man, we have to get into it. We have to, we have to get into the music. Engage. Don't just sit there and... <laughs> Engage, man. Close those eyes, man. Get down. Worship music. Because you know why? You are hosting the presence of God. There's someone living in you called, you know, the Holy Ghost. And he wants to explode. He wants to move. He wants to get excited. And I know some people can get a little overboard. That, don't let them turn you off. I ain't going to let no one turn me off. No, I am who I am, and I'm going to love God the way I want to love him, give him praise and worship him. The other day, I got my guitar in my room, and I was saying, I just started worshiping God. I mean, you know, I haven't done that in a, in a while. But it's beautiful when it's you and God, you're loving him, and you're worshiping him because of who he is. See, many of us have gifts in music. You know, I know back in the old days, we always start with magicians. You know, we make a lot of noise, but nothing's in tune. But we're believing God to Build musicians, you know, and that's, that's how we are. And there's no other way around it. We're always praying, God, bring me a piano player. Bring me a drummer. And we do pray for that. But the Lord tells you, you already got me. You got to work with him. You got to work with him. You're going to find out a lot of our people learn right there in the church. You know, our guitar player, uh, man, he was really good. He reminds me of the, our brother that played last night. And uh, he, he passed on young. But I remember he was in the church, a teenager, and they asked him, why don't you play, learn to pick up the guitar and play in the church? He goes, okay, picked it up. Man, and he became a real, real guitar player. But see, it's a gift. They, they cry out to God. God anoints that gift. And then all, before you know it, that gift spreads everywhere. I've heard people tell me over here, man, that guy is good. That guy is good. And I didn't even recognize how good he was until afterwards. I go, well, he is pretty good. <laughs> But they're gifts. See, talents can turn to gifts. You can have a talent. doesn't mean it's a gift. But you can have that talent turn into a gift. Now, the anointing of God combines that together. And then now, all of a sudden, there's an anointing upon that, man. It touches hearts. I don't know how you feel, but music, to me, can I tell you? I've, I've come to conference, and one song changed my life. Music is a way of preaching the gospel. 
Man, I love it. It ministers to you. And, and I'll never forget a couple of times that a young pastor, ma- mainly, I came in and I heard a song. Oh, my God, it ripped me apart. It broke me. You know, even the messages didn't even move me as much as that did. Because why? Because that message was where I was at. They shared the scripture in the song. Every, every lyric had a meaning to the Bible. It, made, it ministers to you. It's music. And it was in harmony. It was tuned up. And, oh, my God. This is the thing that people miss when they just... They miss it all out in the good stuff, man. And you're never going to have no victory. You're never going to have that dominion, the power, the unction that God has given you and I if you don't express yourself in music because you're an instrument. Do you know you're an instrument? Oh, oh, no. I had four notes already, see? (laughs) Music. Say, God honors when you worship him and praise in music. He loves it. He lives within you. I know some of you are going to go home and practice. But go ahead and practice. Okay, let me move on to uh, the next one here. You know, even gifts, think about this for a moment. I don't get, I don't, even the gift uh, celibacy, think about that. That's a gift. I'm not going to get into that one, but that's a gift. Paul said, I wish you all like me, he says. But I don't think you better gamble, man, because it's better you marry than burn. But he said he had that gift. And the reason why he was sharing that, if you read it in, in Corinthians, he speaks about because when you're single, man, you can do so much for God. You can risk your life for God, nobody to worry about. You know, when I used to go to Russia, I used to take the guitar player with me. I never took nobody else because he was single. I didn't want to take a married guy and something happened out there. You know, they threw me in, in the back of the, the thing one time, like in a jailhouse. They, they, I went in there and they, they put me in, they, they put this guy in a cage, not me. And I said, oh, my God, I'm not going to fit in there. And so he put me in. He asked me a few questions about the Lakers. I answered him. He said, oh, go ahead. You can go. But I never wanted to take anybody with me to Russia because you never know what can happen in certain places. I've been in some spots. They actually took me back there. One time he told me, money, money, money. I ain't going to give him no money. He, made, he wanted to know how much currency I had coming in, into, into Russia. And in Chile, I've, I've been into places where, man, they throw them in cars and knock the door down. They, they scream out. And I'm just walking by. Oh, my gosh. See, I, I took him with me because he was single. But the main thing is that we have to be able to do what God's called to do no matter what. Will you do it by yourself? I've done it many times by myself. You can't let fear stop you. And that's why I thank God I was raised the way I was raised. And I thank God I was raised where I was raised. Yep. I remember one time coming out of Chicago. Never forget. Man, God, I just came out of revival. This was many years ago. And, man, there's bullets flying, pow, 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 pow. And I just put my head down, Oop, we better get out of here, guys. But to me, that was normal. I wasn't in, I wasn't in you know, normal, not, not normal in the way there were bullets flying all the time. No, don't misunderstand me. But it didn't bother me. Let's put it that way. Okay. I said all that to say this. Are you ready? There's challenges that we must accept. Our giftings are gifts. There are going to be some challenges. There's going to be some challenges. And I, and I know for a fact that your gifts, no matter what they are, the, the eight, nine gifts you find in the book of uh, Corinthians, they have to go under the order of God. There has to be order. They have to be under the order of the pastor, okay? And that's why there's order in the house of God. That's one thing we don't want our gifts, no matter what gifts they are, to get out of order. This is my gift. It's got to go under the headship of the church and under your pastor's role. It's got to be done properly, okay? That way there's no disorder and no confusion. 
But one of the gifts that some people have, you may think you have it, is called the gift of confrontation. <laughs> have you ever been exhorted? You know, exhorted actually means uh, to be encouraged. And, and also that word exhortion also means uh, not only encouraging, but it, al it also means to appoint, not, not a rebuke, but a warning. Listen, brother, I've told people, look at brother, you're doing good, but you got to be careful with this over here. Because if you go that way, this, is, this could happen to you. I've seen it happen before, you see. So there's a gift of encouraging or, I don't want to use the wrong word, rebuke, but the Bible does say rebuke. The word of God is for what? For long-suffering, for rebuke, and, to, and for righteousness. But there's people that got gifts. And I don't know how you feel, but I'll, I'll never forget coming back. Uh, I was uh, coming back from overseas and uh, going through something. Something took place, and I, I didn't agree with it. And all of a sudden, this brother, this pastor, rather, came up to me, and he just told me these words. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Just like that. Man, and I, and I just went like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I could have buckled. Who do you think you are, boy? I could have buckled. You don't understand what I'm going through like everybody else. You don't understand this. You don't understand. No. I just said, you know what? You're right. But see, then you're free. You're free. And that, of course, helped me. It helped me a whole lot. So it's important you understand there's going to be people that have gifts that you're not going to like. They're going to rub you the wrong way. In the book of Romans 12 and 6, it says, Having then gifts deferring according, there is that word again, grace, that is given to us. Gifts, it's that word plural again, the gifts. Whether it's prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. That whatever faith God gives you or you built up, then you, you use it for the honor and glory. But here's the one I want to share with you in verse 8 of chapter 12 of Romans. Okay, this is Romans. Or he that ex exhorted on ex exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. And he that ruleth with diligence, and he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. See, these are many gifts that God operates in people's lives. They're, they're important to our walk with God. But he that exhorteth, do it with simplicity. How many know the Bible says in, in, in Colossians that even when you rebuke or you, you warn or you encourage somebody, every word should be seasoned with grace. That's the part we struggle with. It has to be seasoned. No matter what you do, let grace, let love be there. When you discipline your kids, man, I mean, you know, when you spank your kids, I remember spanking my kids, I used to feel the, the, the belt or the paddle. Because you felt bad, but you had to do it. And then you go back and, man, you wipe off your tears. But then I always go back and tell them, look, you know why I did it, huh? Because I love you, man. I love you a lot, but you, what you did was wrong, and I had to do that for you. Now, you go to sleep now. I would do that when they were growing up. But you see, those are things that we have to understand that we got to do things we don't like to do, but we got to do it. We got to do it, church. One thing you never want to do is take away the altar from nobody. Because here's where God meets you and you meet God. Here's where you come and find the power, the peace, the forgiveness, the love of God. You come in humility and you let God take all your pride. Say, God, I'm with you. I want to serve you no matter what. Second thing, enemies we have to defeat. Man, time's flying on me. Okay. Enemies we got to defeat. Uh, the first one is don't be afraid to step out. Now, I'm not talking about the nine gifts, but even those nine gifts, you have to, if God's giving you that gift, check it with your pastor and he'll help you. 
But you have to exercise it. Don't let fear rob you, you know, and as long as you have the right motive, you're going to be fine. That's what's important, having the right, not the wrong motive, but the right motive. I like what someone said. He said, your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. God gives you a gift. Our responsibility is to give it back to him and let him use our gift for him. If you just let it die there, it's almost like the talents. You just bury it. You can't bury your gifts or your talents. God says you need to use them. I gave them to you for a purpose. You need to use them. And what's important is the engine to our Christian walk is our motives. What is our motives and all our giftings and all our gifts? What's behind it? You ever get a little suspicious when someone comes and tells you, I want to do this for you, do this for you, this for you. I say, what does this guy want? You know, motives are important. Even when you ask for a favor. I need this, I need this. What's our motives? You have to judge your motives. And that's one thing I've always tried hard. God, judge my motives, Lord. Because motives are going to be a part of our walk with God. Because we deal with people. Motives. Now, again, I, I brought this up, but just because uh, we have a gift, it doesn't never make you more spiritual, but it makes you more accountable and more responsible. And it's important for our gifts to make impact that you walk with God, not in the flesh. Because I don't know how you feel, but I've, I've had this in my church where people speak in tongues and interpretation, and you know they need a little help. You have to, they're not in sin, they're not bankslidden, but they need a lot of help. And you see, but we have to work accordingly. And only one time I had to tell somebody that I can remember. Look at sister, brother, don't use that gift I go right now because your life is, not, your life is way out of bounds. And they understood it because I told them we had a good talk. But you know what's so sad? That was a darn gift. Man, if ever anyone had a gift, that was a gift. I felt it. I knew it. It was a gift. But God was going to challenge me. Are you going to deal with that? Oh, but that's a gift. That's a thing, mistake we make. People have so many gifts, you don't want to deal with them. You don't want to deal with them. And then later on, they're going to they're gonna bite you and hurt you. They're going to hurt you. And so that wasn't easy for me. But I did it. I felt, afterwards, I felt good about it. They felt good about it. I understand. I understand. See? And that's the beauty. And they're, and they're still coming to church. And, and now they use a gift once in a while. And it's good, man. See? That's what's good, church, when we deal with things uh, both ways. Use your gift, and we got to deal with gifts. And that's why pastors don't like it or churches don't like it because sometimes they feel like, you know, don't be critical. Don't quench the spirit. Don't be critical with people. You know, because when it's all said and done, God will use somebody one time at least, even a donkey, one time. Okay, let me move on here. i got to bring this to a close. Man. The last one here I want to bring out is the dangers we must avoid, okay? Don't let the enemy rob you. You know, we have settled. I like that word settled because too many of us have settled to a point where God has so much more for us, not only gifts, but he has so much more for us, a lot for us. And so in saying that, don't let the enemy rob you. See, anything the devil can make you uncertain about, he will steal it from you. He's a thief. And if he can make you uncertain about your gift or uncertain about anything, then he'll rob it from you. He's a thief. He'll take it from you and you won't even, he'll pickpocket you. He will. And you see, that's why it's important you and I understand that revival ain't going to come the way you picture it. 
It's just, I'm sorry, it's not going to come that way. Revival is going to come the way you least expect it. The move of God that I have right now in our church, God's really moving. It started a number of years back, and I like what's there. It's fresh. It's alive. It's under unction. You know, it's not like all these things are happening that I want, but there's a lot more things happening. But, you know, what made this happen is not what I did. It's what I didn't do. I don't know if that makes sense to you. What do you mean? Well, if I were to put my head into it because I'm the pastor, I would have ruined it. Because I pulled back. I didn't pull back by myself, by the way. God spoke to me in a powerful, powerful, powerful way. He told me, I don't want you to touch this. So he told me. I don't want you to touch this. This is mine. <laughs> and so I didn't touch it. I haven't touched it. And you see, it's not what I did that brought revival. It's what I didn't do that brought revival. And this is the danger of us putting our fingers in our hands when they don't belong. You got to let God be God. So I don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of folks, but it makes a lot of sense to me when God speaks to you. And he tells you, son, you better not touch this. And it was like a warning. And so that's the way he had to speak to me. He speaks to me like that. I like it, though, because it gets me in check. The dangers to avoid. So don't be afraid to use your gifts because a church, to be effective, a church has to operate under the gifts. And I'm talking about these gifts here, you know, hospitality, helps, uh, administration, all these gifts. They have to work. You got to find your people that fit that place. But also the nine gifts that we're going to be speaking about tomorrow. They need to operate. We don't, we're afraid of these gifts. These gifts are from the throne of God. Sometimes I'd rather not mess with them. Well, that's not a good thing. Because we have to use them. If our, if our church is going to be effective, we have to let God use the gifts he's given us. All of them. All of them. You, you need to, I need to. Because if we don't use those gifts, then we rob the church. It's like the body again. You know, take a hand off and, you know, your part of the body is not going to function right. These gifts are, are like the body. So read the whole chapter. It's powerful. When you think about it, he addresses the body. Many members, but one body. Many gifts, but same spirit. Same spirit. That's, that's why there's no confusement. Okay, real quickly, I'm going to run this down, and that is a, 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 the characteristics of a good Christian leader with our gifts so they can operate and function properly and make an impact in your church and in my church. Number one, they are obedient to the word of God. It will make impact. They are sold out for the kingdom of God. Leaders are alive of the needs of others. These are a gift going out for other people, reaching out, evangelism. They have a servant's heart. They, they have a heart to serve. James says that every good gift and perfect gift comes from heaven. God gives those gifts to you and I. They're perfect. We make them imperfect, but then we try to work them out. But God's a perfect God with perfect gifts. Health is the greatest gift. Contentment is the greatest wealth. And faithfulness is the best relationship. Did you get that? This is, man, this is me right there, the last three little points. Health is the greatest gift. You know, how many of you know, we take our health, for, our health for light. We take it lightly, don't we? We really do. God, you should be so thankful about your health. God, yeah, I might have a sore foot, but thank God I'm good. God, thank you for being so good to me, Lord. Because, you see, health is the greatest gift. Contentment is the greatest wealth. 
Contentment, being happy. I, I know how to be with. I know how to be without. I've been sleeping on the floor with nothing. And I had, matter of fact, I had more victory. When all you have is nothing but Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. No, nothing in the house. You see, because why? Contentment. Godliness with contentment is a great king. You have to understand those scriptures. They have to be a part of your life. And then faithfulness is the best relationship. Because you can't be, have a relationship with God unless there's faithfulness behind it. And when there's faithfulness behind it, God begins to move. Praise God. I'm going to end there. Now, I don't even know what time it is, but let me see here. It's a quarter after, so that means, man, uh, the next one starts at 1030, right? I'll tell you what I'll do. Has anybody got a quick, quick question concerning these gifts and how they operate or anything like that before I move on? I have to bring it to a close. I think I'm at the, at the end. Anybody? Maybe I won't have none. I have to offer. Oh, there's one back there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Okay. So I, I got a quick question on uh, gifts. It says okay. that um, a good way to figure out your gifts, and tell me what you think about it, this statement, is uh, it's the, the way of getting your gift is the thing you do the best with the least amount of effort. Oh. What, what do you think? Well, I, I think it depends what the gift is, but it, it's a good place to start. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, you know, but God, God will always add to that gift. That's what's important about it. See, he'll always add to your gift. That's why he says your, your gift, gift turns into giftings. One gift opens the door for another gift. And, and, and God knows when to stop. He knows when not to stop. But every one of us are different. But look at we're all one body here. One body. Same spirit. Same thing with the gifts. But yeah, that's a good question. Anybody else? And then we'll move on. Brother back there. Oh, they're waiting outside already. This is the last one. <laughs> You said something about trial and error. Um, right. You said when you, when you try and find your gifts, um, 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 you said something about, about go ahead and try right. that gift. If you think you have that gift, right. go ahead and try it. And right. if you're not good at it or whatnot, yeah, yeah, yeah. then don't try it at all, right? Well, you know, sometimes there's a struggle in the first time. So it's good depending on what kind of gift you're talking about. Because yeah. the ones I brought out today, it's, it's, you know, it's helping people. You're not going to go wrong. Administration, all those are going to be, you know, you're, you're not going to go wrong. But when, you, when you deal with the nine spiritual gifts, this is a different trial and error. Your, your good uh, confirmation is going to be God and your pastor. He'll help you. Your pastor will always help you. you know, and, and then, but you have to be confident. And then you have to be also receptive to the, to the response, you know. So anyway, praise God. Okay, why don't we all stand? Thank you for coming out, everybody. Hopefully I said something that uh, left you or something. But uh, turn around and greet one another. God bless you. You're dismissed. I see the line back there ready to come in.